22 minutes after 12. Good afternoon. You with the Midday Report in Pretoria, where Nelson Mandela's body is lying in state. South Africans from all walks of life are walking past it and paying their respects. People who've been able to file past Madiba today have explained how they're feeling. I say I'm okay because the old man is at peace now. It was difficult, but I prayed a little bit before I can go in. First, I was so happy, but when I arrived there, I was shaking, you know, because I didn't expect to see my diva lying there inside the coffin. But it's fine. We release him to go. Yes, first time, because it's first time I see him. I never saw him before. So I was willing to come here and see him. It's always been like a dream of mine to see Mandela and this was my chance. People speaking as they're leaving the union buildings. EWN's Jir Nicolaides is there for us. Jir, good afternoon to you. What is the scene there this lunchtime? Stephen, there are now thousands of people here, many of them queuing and others walking past the open casket, taking a moment to say goodbye. The mood is somber and people here are emotional and I've seen some men and women sobbing, crying hysterically and others just wiping away a tear. I even managed to go and see Mandela's body, Stephen, and it really is overwhelming. He looks peaceful with his trademark gold and black t-shirt, oh, shirt. It's it as if he's sleeping in this casket with a glass dome over it. And there are two queues of people viewing his body from both sides of the coffin. But Stephen, the atmosphere isn't really celebratory. It's not like it is at Hassan or Soweto, where people have been singing and dancing for the past week. People walk out of here with their heads bowed, emotional, This is very real and very painful for many of them to see a man who is so admired, lifeless. And I spoke to a woman this morning who told me that she slept on the streets last night just to make sure that she would be first in line today. Others say they haven't seen or met him before, and it was a dream for them to actually see Madiba. Some women say Madiba was a handsome man, and that's why they want to see him. Others have described him as the king of Africa, But for most, it's just a blessing to see him and take a moment, perhaps say a prayer, and then say goodbye. EWN's Jenica Lydes there. She talks about the grief of the people who've been to see Nelson Mandela today. Tapiso Matenji is an educational psychologist on the line from the West Rand. Tapiso, good afternoon to you. Why is it that people are feeling a sense of grief for someone they've never actually met before? Um, Good afternoon, Stephen, and also to your listeners. Um, We feel the grief uh, of losing Madiba because of his legacy lives in in our lives on every every day. Uh, He was a giant. He allowed us to stand on his shoulders. And even if we may not personally know him or may not have interacted with him at a personal level, we know that his actions, his ideals have enabled the life that we live. And more often than not, it's the legacy that you leave when you've left this world that allows people to claim some kind of ownership in your life because they feel that even though they don't know you personally, you've impacted their life in a very personal way. And that's why you share in that grief with that family. Would it be a feeling of less grief if we didn't know Nelson Mandela's voice, if we didn't know Nelson Mandela's face, if, say, for example, this was the 1950s and we relied still on newspapers, would people be feeling very different? 
When I grew up, Steve, I, I had no idea who Nelson Mandela was, except I knew the name, and I had never seen his face, except the few images that were being, um, you know, flighted here and there, and you were not allowed to speak about him because you would be imprisoned. Yet, even then, because of what he stood for and how it resonated with where we were in our country, the grief was absolutely palpable. You could actually recognize the fact that him being in prison has robbed you of an opportunity to be able to reach your own great potential. And people share the same sentiments with Martin Luther King, with Mother Teresa, with Lady Diana, people that we didn't necessarily know. And it's not an issue of being connected through them through TV, but we know about their acts. They've actually tried to transcend their own level of class and uh, social status to reach people on the ground and relate to them about issues that affect them on a daily basis. And that on its own, it doesn't matter what time it is, people will always relate to you because you connect to them at a personal level. We live now in an age where people find it easier to voice how they feel. And I'm talking about the technological aspect. They can use Twitter, for example. Does that change the grieving process? Even if you're alone physically, you're able to tell thousands of people how you feel just using your cell phone. It it makes us united in our grief. It makes us have a very resounding voice and you share in that. And also you are able to verbalize what it is that you are feeling and that it creates a choir, a a common voice that that resounds with what everybody's feeling, the sentiments in the ground. And I think it amplifies the grief because it's shared even much more personally because people can relate it to their own personal lifestyles and their own, the impact that they have had or they have learned about his life. And in that way, it it changes because it makes people uh, have permission to speak about it and relate it to him personally. However, it isn't necessarily a wildfire that is that is unusual because of social media. It's also an issue of when now you've been given a platform to share what you are feeling, you are able to use that and share it and give other people permission to also be able to speak about what they are feeling.